I wonder what it's like where you are. I wonder how it is you spend your days. There are so many ways, so many possibilities, some true for some of you, others true for others of you. It's really just so vast. I think about all the ways you could spend all of your days. Some in work, others in play, some in rest, others in stress. Cold, warm, light, dark, loud, quiet. Where could you be? I wonder. I spend so much of my time in an interior castle of my own perpetually changing design. I spend much of my time in a dangerous and spiritual forest. I spend some of it trapped in small dark rooms with only my voice for company. I spend some of it However, in cities, in towns, in places familiar to the material world that we associate with waking life. Sometimes. Sometimes no. I find myself here now. Can't tell, really. Can't tell if it's a busy city like the one I'm the most familiar with with its tall, bland buildings and its impersonal, oblivious streets. Polite to see, but angry to hear. Perhaps you work in such a city. Perhaps you drive or bike or walk to a place where you have to focus on certain things only. I understand. I know someone like that. Someone very, very, very close to me. Just like that. Traveling, arriving, focusing, working, leaving, returning, resting. The traveling, returning, and resting is a blending of universes. An in-between experience where worlds collide. You are only traveling, so it doesn't really always matter if you are seen, right? Driving, biking, walking, you are merely traveling, not stopping, not working, not resting. What goes on between your ears, behind your eyes, in those moments? I really can't tell as I see you moving from one place to another. I watch as a silent shadow. 
I watch the traveling souls who aren't quite sure which material world they've found themselves in. Nor are they really stopping to look. I can only guess at who is going to work, or school, or home, or elsewhere. It doesn't really concern me. I'm just fascinated at the type of being these souls become when traveling. Or perhaps it is a smaller town. I know many of those, too. And the traveling is much quieter, much more sparse. Perhaps souls are kept company by trees and wildlife. Isn't that quite nice? But that has its doldrums, its melancholy, its loneliness, too. Nature is beautiful, but if you haven't got the time to stop and enjoy it, if you are heading towards work rather than rest, stress rather than peace, grief rather than joy, I suppose it has a different effect. The traveling, arriving, focusing, working, leaving, returning, and resting still occurs. It's only the images projected on the screen that change. Or perhaps you don't really travel very far. Perhaps work is at home, in another room, or even just another seat. That is well, too. There are no wrong answers. Work doesn't mean the same thing to everyone. It is all very different, isn't it? It could be caring for others, or moving to a computer, or a kitchen, or throughout a home or building of a different kind. But the traveling is still the same. The liminal space between rest and busyness, isn't it, in a way? We have to prepare, warm up to a different world. Or at least that's how it feels for me. Or, you know, one part of me. The part of me that isn't out here just watching. Not a part of me, maybe another me. I can't lock down this difference. I have trouble keeping them all separate these days. Oh, all right, fine, it's not that I have trouble, but rather unwillingness. A deliberate rebellion against compartmentalizing the different selves for different worlds. Who said I can't have claws and fangs and sprouts and flowers and ghosts and spirits and glasses and computers all at once? Right? Am I right? Is this thing on? No, really. Can you hear me? More importantly, can you see me? 
Can you imagine that you are finishing whatever you consider to be your work? The thing you spend an awful lot of time on, and perhaps the thing that you look forward to finishing so that you can return to a place of rest? Or is it thought? Or is it freedom? Or is it desire? Or is it... Never mind, never mind. What you do and feel in your spare time is your own business. Imagine, anyway, that you are finishing what you consider to be your work. If you can. Where are you? What is around you? Who is around you, if anyone? What is your process? Do you have a ritual? Does it involve cleaning up? Changing footwear or gear of some kind? Do you leave a building or a room? Do you enter a vehicle of some kind? Walk down roads, sidewalks, paths? Are there others around you in that vehicle or on that journey? Or are you alone? Do you see me seeing you on it? I don't think you do. I don't just haunt her anymore. The funny and tired musical one with glasses. I can haunt you too. If I like. If you like. Would that help? All right. Good. Because I can't wait to do it. I have a very real and selfish want, and that is to haunt as many people as possible. I don't need it, but I want it. Hungry ghost that I am sometimes. Where was I? Oh, yes. There you are. Heading from work to rest. You are in such a daze, moving in a rhythm only you know, but one that every person has. Perhaps you are reading. Perhaps you are listening to music. Maybe you're listening to me right now. Wouldn't that be something? I should be so lucky as to have time work on my side for this little story conversation, or whatever we want to call it. Travel. Go on. You can keep your eyes down, or on the road. Actually, please keep your eyes on the road or ahead of you, if you are traveling. You must be careful and safe. But know that I see you. I'm not sure if you see me. 
I'm just a shadow, now. Maybe that cloaked figure from season one. Or maybe a forest god disguised as a tree among many others in your view. Maybe I'm the invisible passenger in the back seat. Maybe I'm walking just a few feet behind you. Watching from outside or inside a window. You know what's fun, too? I'm not alone. There are indeed ghosts everywhere. But they may not be what you think, either. They may be remaining spirits of deceased people, it's possible. But they may just be forces. Clusters of energy moving around you. Perhaps causing you to notice another person with compassion where you might have otherwise ignored them. Or maybe making you look up and avoid an unsafe situation when you otherwise might have just kept your head down and minded your business. A little voice in your ear calling you to pay attention to something you can't quite put your finger on. An invisible something begging you to notice something remarkable in your world. Something in need of honoring, helping, changing, or releasing. I can't really see them. I've never been too good at seeing ghosts, though I am almost certain they are there. Can you see them? Do you think they're listening, too? Can they hear in your headphones? Can they hear me in the microphone? Oh, where are my manners? A witch once told me not to speak of ghosts as though they are not in the room with you. Speak to them as you would consider polite to be spoken to. So, I will try again. Hello, ghosts. Are you listening along with us? Can you hear my voice? Are you traveling too? Or are you resting? Is there something you would like us to know? To see? To hear? With the permission of my friends listening, I'll give you the floor for a moment. Most interesting. Thank you. If you stare closely enough at the shadows, you may find the monstrous things watching you. You may see their eyes in the darkness between buildings in the city streets. 
You may see their claws curling around tree trunks on your drive to or from work. You may hear their voices whispering on the wind, just behind the murmur of everything else in this noisy world of ours. But most likely, you won't. And they mourn that. They want so dearly to be observed, just for once to have the tables turned. Some of them are outright waving, trying to catch your attention. Like one man. Once upon a time, there was a man with a busy life, centered only on work, 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 traveling to it, staying there as long as he could, then traveling from it. And he couldn't see the things that watched him. They tried to lay out traps for him, woven with their strong and poisonous hair. They tried to lure him with banquet tables full of the most sparkling, moist, toxic, and tempting fruits and sweets from their homeland. They tried to create the most beautiful disguise out of the loveliest silks and feathers from their vicious forests. But he wouldn't look up from his paperwork on the subway. He wouldn't remove his earbuds to hear their song. He wouldn't distract himself from such a small aspect of only one of his planes of existence. He was so focused on this traveling, working, traveling, resting, traveling, working, traveling, resting, traveling, working, traveling, resting, over and over and over that he never even imagined, never even tried to imagine that there was anything else to watch out for. Even when he lost that job, his despair was so great, his anxiety so deep, his confusion so intense, he only felt deeper and deeper into that trap, that trap of such a small element, of such a small dimension, that the creatures, the ones with the pale green skin and the beautiful yellow eyes and the hair like poisonous forest ivy and the lips like rotten blackberries the ones that wanted so badly for him to notice them, but he never did. They wanted him for their own because... I don't want to do it. Sorry. I don't want to be here right now. I started it thinking I did, sorry, but now I want to go back. Is that all right?
There we are, back by the fire, on the soft armchairs with these warm blankets, perfect pillows, and embracing darkness. The city lights were too much. I wanted firelight. I wanted the story room. But the story is just... Uh, I wanted to see the firelight dancing with the shadows. I thought I could turn the story to reality. Make the travel work, travel rest story just a little more magical by making myself believe that there are things watching, waiting. There are things I want, and I don't know if I will have. That's all right. It's just one part of a very, very, very large more like infinitely large, more like completely unquantifiable, endless parade of happening, wanting, having, not having, learning, gaining, losing, whatever. So if I don't get something I want in one existence, it's all right. It's all right. I know it's all right. But I still feel the loss of it. I just want to be here, wrapped up in this blanket right now. My body might be flickering in and out of view in the firelight, like a ghost who can't decide if she wants to be here or not or on another plane, splitting my awareness between the two. I just want to be warm and supported right now. You can join me here, if you like, in your chair. Or go back to the man who lost his job and lost himself in despair and worry. And, distracted by those, fell into an open sewer entrance that had a poisonous net woven of the ivy hair of creatures from another place that wanted him for their own because, well, when he was a child and before he knew about the whole travel-work-travel-rest trap, he played with them by a creek. They too were just little children these poisonous things from another world. They crept into his world, and he taught them hide and seek. They played for hours and hours and hours, until his mother called for him, and he ran home. And they would play it sometimes, whenever he could make it out. But then the man called Father got a job in another place, and they left. Work took him away from them, 
these lovely wanting things with yellow eyes and poison ivy hair and green skin. But they were determined to get him back and take him to their home and teach him to play again. He fell in the net and it poisoned his skin, turning his blood green as leaves and his lips black as rotten blackberries and his eyes sickly yellow. And as he slipped out of the world of buildings and paperwork, his old friends looked down on him with bright and eager eyes. They all whispered at once, Found you. And he slipped into another world. One where children and grown-ups played hide-and-seek all day. They played hide-and-seek with the berries and seeds they found in the forest. They played hide-and-seek with the creatures they hunted and the creatures who hunted them. They played hide-and-seek with the diseases that inevitably caught up to some of them, but could not catch all of them. They played hide-and-seek with things they wanted, sometimes catching some, and sometimes letting others be lost. In a world of games, in a dimension of new and grown children who took everything as play, no matter how seemingly serious or frivolous. He found the hiding, seeking, chasing, catching, losing, running, resting, laughing, much more rewarding, surprising, and ultimately human. Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for listening to episode 259 of On a Dark, Cold Night. This is host, writer, narrator, composer, etc., Kristen Zaza. Sorry I missed you last week, but I needed a little time to stew on some things. Not sure how the stew itself turned out, but I thank you for trying it, and for your patience. Thank you, as always, to my patrons who support the show on a monthly basis on patreon.com. Thank you so, so much for your continued support, my friends. Every supporter of $1 or more a month U.S. gets access to my complete soundtrack of the show, so over 250 downloadable tracks, 
And every supporter of $5 or more a month U.S. gets that. A weekly bonus episode that's a 5-10 to minute long meditation, known as My Quick Moments. And a monthly tarot reading video uploaded on the full moon. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. You can also support by donating one time only without any perks at ko-fi.com. That's coffee.com slash darkcoldnight. Or by buying a t-shirt or hoodie at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. You can access the Quick Moment Meditation episodes through Apple by subscribing to the Sonar Plus Apple Podcast channel for $3.99 a month. Search On a Dark Cold Night on Apple Podcasts to check that out. I'd also love if you left a rating or a review on Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you like to do so. That would be amazing. You can follow me on Instagram at Dark Cold Night Podcast, Facebook and YouTube under On a Dark Cold Night. TikTok and Blue Sky at Kristen Zaza, or on Twitter at A Dark Cold Night. Thank you so much for joining me, everyone. I came up on my sixth anniversary of this podcast last week. I really can't believe it's been going on such a long time. I'm really grateful for that and for you listening and being with me on this journey. I'm not sure where it will go next but I am grateful. Lots of love to you, my friends. Rest well. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.